Radio Podcast, episode 115. This is a very important episode. <laughs> Could sound more enthusiastic about that. <laughs> this is it a really, really great episode. No, it's not an important episode. Well, they're all important. <laughs> they're all important to me. Um, what was I saying? episode 115 congratulations already lost the train of thought you are you are your host the co-host kylie wild i'm joined by my ever-present co-host pete baggett the one who now has to keep everything on the rails because you can't even control your own thought pattern i cannot (laughs) so welcome everyone yes (laughs) and welcome 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 Everything. No, I'm sticking at that. I can't take your uh, <laughs> intro. Uh, which has been taken by others. Um, we know. Let's not talk about that Irish person. I love, I love, I love Irish people. All of them. I just said that one. I know. And I was going to be like, I love Kevin. No, I love all. I know. Um, Unless your name's Debbie Punk. No, I'm joking. I can't even I keep that. I can't keep, no. I can't keep a straight face. Wait, no, wait, one. Pete. We have beef with Deadbeat. Exactly, that's why I just said it. Thank goodness I love beef. That's what she said. It's alright, it's alright. I'm I'm throwing some English beef across that waters. (laughs) Oh, Irish beef is superior. Um, Yeah, I'll admit, it is. Um, This has derailed almost within two minutes. Perfect. This is great. It's like old shows. Like old old days. (laughs) We're done. We're done here. We're good. Let's but, go. Well, Sweet. Well, Pete, I have to ask you how your week's been. Knackering. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's been okay. It's just been another week at work, just busy with new people and yeah, all that. So I've now finally got a day at home tomorrow to work, which is going to be quite nice. So nice. other than that, uh, enjoyed the nice weather in Brighton yesterday, which Ooh, was good. Very nice. That was fun. One day I'm going to go to Brighton. You will, because I, because eventually when you're able to make it onto these shores, it will be close enough to me that I'll be <laughs> yeah, like, right, exactly. oh, now. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> so, what's going to happen. But yeah, um, should we take a few moments and discuss uh, the Batman because we both saw it? Yes, um, I was going to bring it up if you weren't. So no spoilers. This is a spoiler-free cast. Don't worry. Not that there's really any spoilers in it. Oh, there's enough. Anyway. Those po- those, uh... It's about a guy that dresses like a bat. Oh my gosh, Pete. Spoilers. Yeah. Spoiler. It has someone called Robert Pattinson in it. Yeah. Which. Who may or may not be Bruce Wayne. May or may not. It's still yeah, up for so... debate. Yes. We, 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 we don't know. We don't know. Uh, but uh, non, non-spoilery sport, thoughts yeah. on it. What did you reckon? Um, so for me, it now, okay, I, I told my guys over here that, uh, it was the best movie or my favorite movie of the year. Nobody caught on to the fact that I've not seen any movies, first of all, in two years, <laughs> this year. I chose not to, uh, acknowledge that stupid point, yeah. so. Um, so for me, it is my favorite movie of the year so far. Uh, I loved every second, every long, tedious second of it. Um, <laughs> but from the music score to the cinematography to the storyline, uh, the storyline was ambitious. Um, 
they came close to almost not pulling it off, but I think they, they did manage to pull it off. But, ooh, buddy, <laughs> they could have lost that quick. They could have done, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I've just had a random thought about it, right? Sure. I just want to bring this up to you. So you've mentioned about the score, and don't get me wrong, Jakina does a great score in this. Uh-huh. But you know that particular thread of music they use throughout the entire thing? Mm-hmm. It's a bit Nolan-esque with um, Inception, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I have to admit, <laughs> I was getting quite annoyed because ever since Inception... The blah, which Inception didn't start that. Someone else started it right before. I, I know they did. It's just it's so it, recognizable in yeah. Inception. And then from there, everyone used it, and even Game of Thrones used it. Now, uh, they used it very well, but it's just kind of like, can we start with the blah? <laughs> you know, can we get something yeah, it's, else? It's a bit of uh, dating, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, bueno. Uh, yeah, I was getting to this anyway, so we've uh, just seen a couple of chats come through from Brent, the chat chad himself. From Bueno. I uh, said he is uh, bueno. Sorry, I'm late. I had to make a big Warframe trade. Made the equivalent of 10 US dollars in one trade. Amazing. Nice. We are discussing the Batman, which is very much about video games. <laughs> Don't make Batman video games. So. That's true. So, Pete, what about you? Uh, thoroughly enjoyable, but like I said to you earlier on in the week, I'm very much caught in two minds about it. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful film. That That's not uh, what I'm caught in two minds about. I know it's a great film. It's just the... I don't know whether that final act was too rushed or too long. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know whether or not they could have uh, made the film a little bit longer to make that third act um, punch a bit more in terms of the slow methodical pace they had throughout the film right or whether they could have taken 20 minutes off and made that third act a bit speedier i don't know it's a bit odd yeah it was funny but either way it's good film mm-hmm. pete and i actually had a very similar we came to the kind of a similar conclusion but from two different points of view if that makes sense yeah um, kind we, of we were traveling a crossroad and eventually met in the middle there you go. Oh, gosh, that is what she said. Um, but you know what, Pete? Let's name this episode That's What She Said. Um, <laughs> we could name every episode that. I know, but I think this one's going to be that one. Um, yeah. But, yeah, we both kind of weirdly came to that same conc- conclusion. Conclusion? Um, it, and I was more like it probably would work well as like a... A series like on HBO Max or something that you could binge. Mini series probably yeah. would have worked or something like that. Yeah. Or or maybe maybe even a similar sort of thing as um I I don't want to mention this in the same sort of light to be honest. I mean like Zack Snyder did with Justice League <laughs> and the fact it could have been up to four hours and could have worked. I think. That, I don't know. I think that only works when you're at home. I just. Yeah. Ugh. Cinema going would have would have absolutely sucked for that. I like, well, see, I have, as I've said so many times on this show, I have ADD, um, which is not the hyperactive one, but I still can't sit still, and I lose concentration so fast. So yeah. I was starting to kind of lose it in the end of the second act, beginning of the third act, and I was like, no, yeah. just hold on a little bit longer. Um, so I, I yeah I I couldn't I couldn't handle it if it was even longer. That's what she said. That's, yeah, that's the thing though is that like um, the thing with 
like with Dark Knight Rises, like I knew how long that film was going into it. Mm-hmm. Like same with the Batman as well. I knew how long it was. The Batman, I didn't see myself checking the time at all, whereas the Dark Knight Rises, I did. Well, see, that was kind of my thing. I was like, I'm actually not checking the time. I didn't check the time until, I would say, until the third act. I didn't. I just, as soon as the film ended, I was like, wow. That yeah. Might have been slow, but is it? Why? Right. It it was actually quite fast, mm. um, considering. That's sort of what I meant. The slow the slow pace of the film like was surprisingly speedy in terms of like mm-hmm. the time elapsed. Yeah. Like, Very weird. Like clearly, like that was a an immersion thing because I think Lord oh, of the Rings, yeah. the, fel- the Fellowship of the, uh, Fellowship of the Ring, when I saw that originally, like back when, and yeah, okay, I was younger probably. But, then so my attention span was a lot yeah, less I did not but I did check years. my time a few times like yeah. during that film there's no way at that age I could have sat in a theater that long I watched that when it came out on on home video or DVD or whatever I'm actually surprised that I did sit through the first film and the third <laughs> I don't know why I didn't see the second one weird that is weird yeah. Anyway, shall we get? Uh, shall we move on? Some video games. Let's talk about video games. Um. Can we never use that um, that uh, joke from uh, Angry Video Game Nerd ever again? <laughs> ever again. Um, not saying he's a baddie. It's just yeah. No, he's not. But no, he's it's he's cool. He's of his time, of our time. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we've got bumper news week. And there's a few news stories, although we didn't have an episode last week. I could have basically just gone, yeah, let's just talk all about that. But no, I I found some some good stories for the week. We're actually going to start on this one that you brought to us, because I want to hear your thoughts. This has been annoying me since Friday night, you know. (laughs) So um, this is coming. So I'm just going to be the first to admit that everything has come from VGC this week, because funnily enough, VGC are actually not a bad outlet. Finding myself more and more on them, uh, from less yeah. Polygon, more on VGC this time. That's Although the link that you sent I over to me Polygon. the other day was the Polygon link. <laughs> so I refuse to even open it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> anyway, moving on. So, Supermassive have released the first trailer for new teen horror game, The Quarry. Uh, Justice Smith... Oh, God, really? Uh, David Arquette and more star in a game, which is due to be released in June. Uh, uh, Supermassive Games, they were the ones who made, all, don't tell me, Until Dawn? Yep. Yeah. All okay, the cool. same game over and over. Oh, this is what you wanted to talk yes. about. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, going into the story, Supermassive Games have released a debut trailer and first details for its new teen horror game, The Quarry. It will be published by 2K for PS5, PS4, Series X and S, Xbox One and PC on June 10th. Leave your consoles behind now, please. Uh, Anyway, moving on. Uh, (laughs) According to 2K, as the sun sets on the last day of summer camp, the teenage counsellors of Hackett's Quarry throw a party to celebrate. No kids, no adults, no rules. What? Okay. Yeah. Brilliant! Not not even gonna bother watching that trailer. Don't care. No, and so it's just gonna uh, just carry on with the last bit where they're actually talking about the game itself. So, 
Uh, Supermassive Games provided the following description of the game. Uh, hunted by blood-drenched locals and something far more sinister, the teen's party plans uh, unravel into an unpredictable night of horror. Friendly banter and flirtations give way to life-or-death decisions as relationships build or break under the strain of unimaginable choices. Players each of the nine gr uh, camp counsellors in a thrilling cinematic tale where every choice shapes your unique story and... <laughs> I gave up half the time. I could not even be bothered to carry on. Like, yep. oh, I, I'm gonna just say here, I liked Until Dawn. Well, I guess but that that first time was great. I was gonna say it gets a pass because it's one of the first ones they put out. Yeah, that first that first play of it is great, except it's unbelievably predictable because of the amount of people that's in it mm -hmm. that you know full well who's gonna be the killer all the way through. Mm -hmm. It's the biggest goddamn star in the whole thing. Yes. Which... So, mm, let me have a look at the, at the people that are in this game. Mm. Mm, David Arquette, Ariel Winter, Justice Smith, Smith Brenda Song, he Lance Henriksen, and Lin Shay. Hmm, could it possibly be David Arquette that might be the killer <laughs> in this one? Uh, and there's no way that's all that's in there, knowing Supermassive. Um... Oh, of course. You know, there's Oops. more, and they just—that's just who they want to throw out there. Um, yep. So, I'm gonna talk about super massive games right quick. Now, look, I'm not bashing anyone that likes it because I don't want to yuck anyone's yum. We know I don't do that. Not that I love that phrase. It's the best <laughs> phrase. Um, but super massive games kind of falls under for me. The same heading as uh, Telltale Games. Again, I know I've just heard some members of our audience do a collective. <gasps> I mean, but... I might have done, and then I remembered that most of them are. I oh, mostly the same. For me, Telltale Games—they're not games. They're visual novels. You can't influence the ending that much. You know, uh, the ending's a foregone. Conclusion. You get a few choices here and there, but they don't really change the ultimate ending of the yeah whatever the story is. So Supermassive Games is kind of the same way, although it usually has up to like nine different endings. But mm. it's not. It's a visual novel. It's it's a quick time event. It's not a game. And yeah. the crazy thing is, all their stories are the same. <laughs> They're all the same. Just. Young people or a group, it, sometimes it's a family, but it's, you know, young people with a couple of oldies in there, and then someone's trying to kill them. And it's usually a fantastical, magical ending. Mm. Which, again, when it comes to horror, I like practical, logical endings. Which is funny, you know, because... Yeah, that's never going to happen in a horror film, usually. Yeah, yeah. That's why I think I'm not... You know, I've said it so many times... I'm always looking for something to scare me. I've yet to find it, and I don't really dig horror that much, but that's because sometimes... It doesn't end like Scooby-Doo. You know how Scooby-Doo ends with they pull the mask off and it's like a dude that's been in the story earlier? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, horror's not like that. It's usually like, oh, well, uh, you know, it's a guy oh. that was sacrificed to Satan and he yeah. sent him back, you know? But... Oh, oh, oh! Look, you stabbed, shot, maimed, like beheaded, them <laughs> yeah. in barbed wire, set them on fire, like done everything, put them in the bottom of a lake, and look, they're back for a sequel. See, 
That's what I thought I would like. What is that movie? Is it Cabin in the Woods? The one that makes fun of the history? Yeah, uh, Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. I thought I would like that. I couldn't. I was really sad and upset with myself because I was like, this seems like it would be perfect because it just takes all the horror okay. and puts it on their head. Fine. I'll give you one that actually works then. It might not be scary. It doesn't have to be scary. But it is. It, but it's intense at mm-hmm. least. But it is like it's it's one of those films that came from the the from the era of uh, horror comedy after Shaun of the Dead came out. Right, I do like Shaun of the Dead, but yes. Well, it's called Severance. Right. Okay. A bunch of uh, co-workers go like on this to a place in like Eastern Europe somewhere. Right. And they get like <laughs> they get hunted by a bunch of absolute mad people like, and they just oh most of it is just a, like a joke. Right. But some of the kills in it are absolutely horrific. I might have to watch that. Remind me of that, Pete. Um, we'll might do, be yeah. my something up my alley. Um, look, look, I'll be the first to admit it's not got some good people in it. Danny yeah, Dyer being in it is bad Yeah, enough. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> never, that never bothers me. Yeah. Right, I'll put it in our chat now so you don't forget. But that does... Make me think if our audience, whether our visual or audio audience, haha, um, has any recommendations of movies or games that are actually scary. Um, I have yet okay. to find any. And jumps... you play the Evil Win. No, I watched some, but I think Kevin played it. I think I watched Kevin. Okay. It. Here's the thing. Jump scares, I don't really officially, I mean, it's still hard to jump scare me. Because, um, like, Alien Isolation, I didn't jump. And yeah, the other one, um, the one that I love so much that I've now blanked out. Not Outbreak. Outlast. E.T.? No. Outlast. Oh, um, Stalker? No, Outlast. Where you have to hide Outlast. in the... Outlast, okay. Yeah. Um... Like, those don't jump scare me, but I also don't consider jump scares as scares. Um, Not really, no. They're 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 cheap. Those are cheap. Yeah. But. Did you play PT? I did play PT, and I enjoyed it. That's what's crazy. Oh, my gosh. I was so obsessed with that talking fetus. (laughs) Of course you were. I wanted to know more about the lore, but of course there was no lore. uh, Because, you know, it was a demo. Well, because they... Yeah, that was the unfortunate side of things. There. Yeah, I would have been so invested in that. Um, had that come out, had it been allowed to come out or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. But anyway, okay. Pete, Re- any so... good recommendations for horror games? Send them my way. I, have, I, I can't say that I do because I think they suck all the time because they don't scare me either. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving I will on to the say... next new story well we'll say this one little tiny thing and then we'll move on to the next story uh in destiny yes i brought up destiny uh there is i think it's i don't remember which one is played on the moon i can't remember which mission that one actually like it wasn't scary scary but But it freaked you out the lighting was so well done it looks like it's it's enough to go whoo it's kind of (laughs) ooky Uh, let's see. Um, Bueno. Uh, Brent, I'm just going to call you Bueno. Uh, says I'm going to start another review game today called 
Frightenance. Oh, it's dumb yeah. names. More games with dumb names. Oh, yeah. It seems pretty scary. One of my recent reviews was for, oh, Martha is Dead, which could be scary in parts. Yeah, I wanted to play Martha is Dead. Um, I've got... Oh, you just wanted to cut someone's face off. That's all you wanted to do. Yes. Yeah, I knew it. That's the whole motivating factor. Um, yes. I actually have a game that I'm reviewing this week. So if you yeah. like watching me play games and nobody does, but I'll be on I'll be streaming. there. I know Pete will be. Thank goodness. Always am. Yeah. Thank goodness. But anyway, let's continue on with the next story. Yeah. Oh, okay. So apparently that happens quite early on in the game. All right. Cool. Huh. Nice. Very cool. Sweet. Move on to the next story. This is going to require literally next to no discussion. So I just wanted to throw it out to say I think you were wrong. <laughs> Overwatch 2 is closed beta. has a release date. Wait. Overwatch 2? Yeah, we'll see. We'll <laughs> see. We'll see. I, know, I just wanted to throw this one in for shade. That was I it. will believe it when I see it. Blizzard has confirmed that the previously announced Overwatch 2's closed beta will begin. On April 26th. So pretty close, actually. Mm -hmm. Just over yeah, a month's time. Actually... Beta follows a closed alpha test, which is currently open to Blizzard employees and Overwatch League pros. Oh, what a surprise. Yeah. But, and mean... users that can sign up via playoverwatch.com. The thing is... Here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. <laughs> right. Uh... Anyone marking a bingo card before has now got the soapbox. <laughs> um... The thing is, Overwatch has delayed so long that I think it is almost um, out of style, kind of aged, you know, not well. Uh, I don't really know what they're going to bring to the table with Overwatch 2 that's going to be new and different. Um, I have a feeling that... Well, I might be able to tell you that. Okay. Tell us the beta about will include access to Overwatch 2's 5v5 PvP mode. Right, okay. The new is... push mode, ping system, four hero reworks, which is Orisa, Doomfist, Bastion, and Sombra, and one new Sombra. hero. I've got it. I'm not even going to try I wish they would one. leave Sombra alone. They are always tweaking her. Yeah. All Overwatch 1 maps and four new maps Circuit Royal, um, Midtown, Toronto, and Rome. So there you go. Some new content. <laughs> By the looks of it. Should be DLC. Shouldn't be an entire new game. But... Not. But. Okay. Fine. Let me say this. Okay. There is a certain game that you really like. That we're not mentioning the name of again in the show. Because it was only mentioned a few days. A few minutes ago. Uh-huh. Can't imagine what um, that was. Once had a sequel that wasn't wanted. Because of Activision. I know. I thought of that. I did. But with its sequel, it did bring a whole new thing. New engine, new updates, new Yes, skins. because Bungie made the best of the situation that Activision yeah. Blizzard put on the table to completely screw them over again. Yeah. What a surprise. Um, so, so now Activision is back with Overwatch. Doing their usual stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know. I mean, like, okay, don't get me wrong. I want it to be good for the people. I, there's not a lot of Overwatch players out there anymore. Uh, God, it used to be so big, Pete. Like, oh, I know. The championships, I, know. I used to, like, live for those. 
Um, I've got. I've had a look at a few of them. They're quite impressive. It's just it's, you know, I played a little bit of Overwatch One. It wasn't really my bag, so I just didn't carry on with it. But you know, I can see why people liked it. Definitely. I know. I don't know. We've moved on. I think if it... I think... Of course, I could be very wrong. But I think the future of online shooters is going to be expansions and stuff like Destiny. You know, the... Oh, of course it is. Yeah. I think, I think it's already it's already going that way I mean, anyway. Halo so. and, and all of that. Yeah. Yep. So, okay. Speaking of which, did you happen to hear about Halo's player numbers recently? No, I didn't. Oh, they've dwindled quite massively. Is that why I did so well the other night when we played? Probably. <laughs> no, I am only going by the Steam numbers. Apparently, oh. the Steam numbers have gone down quite significantly, but jeez. Is there any way to get the uh, Expo numbers? I mean, the X. I'd have to have a look for them, but yeah, yeah I have no idea. Yeah. Anyway, shall we shall we move on to another story that yeah. could cause cause some kind of controversy? Yes, I love because that seems like all this week is what. That's what we've got. Excellent. Hogwarts Legacy. Oh we're yes. Cancelled. Let, let, let's just say that we're cancelled right now for any opinion we may have about this. <laughs> I don't. I'm preempting it. I was gonna say <laughs> you really can't be right or wrong on this because you're wrong, or you're right no matter what you say. Does that make sense? Yeah, and you're going to get cancelled regardless of yeah. what you say, whether or not it has some has some degree of logic <laughs> anyway. So let's let's just go into this one knowing full well that we're screwed regardless. So <laughs> Hogwarts Legacy receives a holiday 2022 release. Window confirmed during State of Play presentation. Now, I have to ask, did you watch it? No, because as I've stated, I've never read or watched Harry Potter. It holds... If you watch the 100 episode, then you would know that. Yeah, it holds no special place for me. Now, if I had, like, a significant other that was, like, totally into it, I'd go to that... Uh... Harry Potter World. Thank you. Oh, Warner Brothers Studios, sorry. Either one, whatever, yeah. Like, I would totally wholeheartedly do that on my own, no. So, I wouldn't go on my own. Call, my, call me Kevin, like, absolutely adores Harry Potter. Okay, of course. <laughs> uh, so by extension, you really like Harry Potter, then? No, but I'm just, <laughs> it did make me think that if... I'm joking, obviously, That's, that, that was the point I was yeah, making there. But, um, so, I didn't watch it because I just have no interest, but I don't have a political stance that's keeping me from watching it. Does that make sense? Uh, I get what you mean, yeah. yeah. I purely watched it because, I, or I purely didn't watch it because I have zero interest. Fair enough. Um, uh, I didn't watch the state of play because I didn't really care about this game anyway. Right. Like, I wasn't like when all this other stuff was going on with Troy Leviatt last year. Like, right. We covered it because yeah. it was newsworthy. Yeah. I didn't care about Hogwarts Legacy in any way, shape, no, or form. No, like crap about this game. Like the whole reason we're talking about it now is because it's newsworthy. Um, yeah, exactly. And. And the fact that Sony dedicated an entire state of play to it is quite telling as well. But there was also another caveat with the story that was quite interesting. So, What's that? So that's why we're, we're talking about it. But it's newsworthy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Warner Brothers Games have confirmed plans to release Hogwarts Legacy during the 2022 holiday season. The release window was announced during the state of play presentation on Thursday, which showed off over 14 minutes of Hogwarts Legacy gameplay captured on PS5. Nice. Good. 
I guess. I've seen some of it from clips online, of course. Does it look good? You might want to sit closer. Does it look good? I, I meant closer to your actual microphone. Because you keep leaning away from it. Oh, well, let's, yeah. let's pull it closer to me. That's what she said. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um, following the gameplay reveal, some of the titles developers at Avalon Studio provided in additional insight into what players can expect from the game, including in the... I'm not even going to include that because it's a video. Developed by Avalanche, um, Hogwarts Legacy, open world RPG, action RPG set in the world first introduced in the Harry Potter books. Oh, oh, we already know that. Oh, apparently it's taken place during the late 1800s. Huh. Okay. That's not when Harry Potter takes Time period we place, technically though. don't know much about, I guess. Cool. Uh, not even going to talk about that because that's some, some spiel. Right, anyway, um, right, so uh, this is due to be published under Warner's Porky, Porky Games label, which apparently they produced just for this, which I guess is makes sense. Originally scheduled to release in 2021, but it's now been released, it's obviously going to be released this year, so it's coming for PS5, PS4, Xbox Series consoles, Xbox One, PC, and one other. Steam. The Switch. Oh, oh, right. Not a cloud version, an actual native version. See, that's that's where it'll do really well. I bet you. Yeah, and where it's gonna look like absolute dog doo doo too. Well, is it crossplay? Did you say I wasn't? Uh, I don't think it said that it was crossplay. All oh, right. Okay. I don't know. Anyway, so. Well, uh, I, I'm going to move on very quickly away from this one because, it, like I said, it was newsworthy. I have no, no, no hat in the fight of this one. No. I, I like Harry Potter. Yeah. You do. And there's nothing wrong with that. And that's about as far as I'm going with that one. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for the people that are happy. Put it that way. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm not going to... I'm not... Tech, I'm technically not going to disagree with the people who don't want anything to do with this game because that's, that's their yeah, choice. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's all about freedom of choice. So the yeah. people that are happy, I'm happy for. The people who are boycotting it, I'm happy for. Yeah, I absolutely am. Um, so you do you. You do what you like. You know, you're all adults or children. Don't know. Don't care. Um, you do what you want. If you can't support this game, fine. If you can support this game, fine. That's my stance. Yep. That was balance and equal as normal for us, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nana's anyway, Nana moving on. showed up in the chat. Howdy, howdy. Um, uh, sorry, we're shopping. Uh, it was going to look real bad. Oh, it's going to look real bad. It. What, you mean the Switch version? Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, 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 no, I think I've made one before, actually. Nana says uh, that, that's what she said, yeah. Yeah, I think that's the uh, first time Pete's made a... That's what she said on the podcast. I think you did early days. I had very early days, mm -hmm. I did. And then I thought, well, I can't really have both of us doing this, so I'll just leave you leave you to your little cubby hole. Yeah. Um, uh, Brent then also put, I recently tried Splitgate and really uh, and liked it better than Infinite. That's what I've also heard from most people. Mm -hmm. So. And that's the one um, that Kieran was trying to get us to play? Uh, I had a couple of people on my poker group who were trying to get me to play it. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, Brent also put, I have also always said that your views on something shouldn't diminish uh, someone else's happiness. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. 
but in the in the age that we live in, certain views can be seen as uh, extreme, mad. Let's say for but, various reasons, and that's all I'm going to say on the matter. I was going to say, moving on. I didn't hear that. Sorry. Moving on. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks for that. Yes. Excellent. Let's move on. Shall we talk about uh, a good... No, well, wait. No, there's no good news stories on this week. <laughs> None at all. None at so, all. So, I'm going to leave you... I'm going to leave you with option one or option two. Two. Good. You chose the one I wanted first. <laughs> Excellent. Gran Turismo producer addresses microtransaction controversy as 30-hour server downtime ends. Oh my gosh, 30 hours? Yeah. What? This is the problem which we said about Gran Turismo before, I think. Uh-huh. We talked about microtransactions. The, uh, uh, the, the game is always online. Yeah. For a single-player game, which meant that for 30 hours, nobody could do anything in this game. That's crazy. Like, legit crazy. Utterly ridiculous, uh, I say. Let's, but let's not have our opinions first. Let's oh, okay. read the story, and yes. then we'll go through it. Yes. So, uh, Polyphony Digital's president and Gran Turismo series producer, Kazunori uh, Yamauchi, I think I pronounced that right. Nana, please don't kill me, because I think you're the only person I know who can mildly speak some Japanese. I hope. Um, well, pronounces Japanese names, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As addressed... Um, Gran Turismo 7's recent lengthy server downtime, as well as the controversial decision to tweak winnings for, to make grinding for cars even longer. I mean, that, that, that I, I hate that phrase anyway. Oh, grinding. No, 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 just grinding for cars just makes oh. us, yeah. We've had some dodgy people in this country have done some very weird things to cars before, so I've I'm seen not those. saying anything more than that. I've seen those on YouTube before I moved to your country, and I was like, what? <laughs> It's going exactly. on over there. Exactly. <laughs> so, Gran Turismo's servers initially went down on uh, Thursday, which as of the time of recording, sorry. Stupid calendar. Bloody Windows 11. Um, which was the 17th. So, yeah. Uh, 17th, so from 6am GMT, which was 2am Eastern Time, right. for update maintenance, and were supposed to return two hours later. Instead, they took more than 30 hours. That's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. In a new statement to the Gran Turismo website, Yamauchi explained, immediately before the release of patch 1.07, we discovered an issue where the game would not start properly in some, in some cases on product versions for the PS4 and PS5. Well, of course it was going to be for those two. You haven't released it anywhere else. Um, right. This was a rare issue that was not seen during the tests on the development hardware because it's development hardware, not you know, it's not the actual retail product. Or the key, I'm going to stop putting addendums in here. I <laughs> promise. Uh, or to the QA sessions prior to the release, but in order to prioritize the safety of the saved data of the users, we decided to interrupt the release of 1.07 update to make a 1.08 correctional update. Brilliant. This is the reason for the delay. My sincerest apologies for the late report to everyone. So you left everyone high and dry for many, many hours mm -hmm. before even making a goddamn statement. Yep. What? This was this was a lesson in everything to do wrong from a company. 
<laughs> yep. They also should have gave like free skins or cars or something. Uh, I don't know if they did. I can't remember if I they did. I don't think they did. We'll read on and find out. <laughs> <laughs> the server downtime occurred just as the game was garnering more controversy over its in-game, its in-game currency. And the way that players have to play the game for long periods of time to earn enough credits to buy some of its better cars. Rather than easing the amount of grinding necessary, the 1.07 patch instead reduced the amount of in-game currency some races reward. Thereby making it harder to unlock the That's so... Uh, despite widespread mm. criticism of the game's microtransactions. Addressing the controversy in the same statement, Yamauchi claimed that the situation would eventually be resolved with further content due to be released at an unspecified point in the future. Anything to add? It's stupid and dumb and don't buy it. Okay. Uh, in GT7, I would like to have users in... Uh, so this is a statement, by the way. Um, in GT7, I would like to have users enjoy lots of cars and races without... Even without microtransactions, he would say that, of course. Um, at the same time, the pricing of the cars is an important element that conveys their value and rarity, so I don't think it's important for it to be linked with... So, I do think it's important for it to be linked with the real-world prices. I want to make GT7 a game in which, in which you can enjoy a variety of cars in lots of different ways, and, if possible, would like to try and avoid a situation where a player must mechanically keep replaying certain events over and over again. We will in time let you know the update plans for additional content, additional race events and additional features that will constructively resolve this. It pains me that I can't explain the details regarding this at the moment, but we will plan on continuing to revise GT7 so that as many players as possible can enjoy the game. I don't know, well. that, I, I don't know that you can have a live service car game sorry I don't know that you can have a live service car game I think you can it's just this hasn't been particularly poorly done very poorly much like 2042 it's just but I... that's the thing right is that GT Sport apparently was much better than this like it's built mm -hmm. basically on the exact same engine it's done all of that but yet the microtransactions weren't like ludicrously bad in this in GT Sport. Like most cars would cost you a fiver, right? Like, whereas in this one, like I think I saw an article and was talking about someone at work with it about it as well because they bought it after all the hype and came and came to me the weekend after release date and went, "Why did I waste my money?" Which is quite telling, really. But yeah. the fact that some, I think an outlet had looked at the amount of um, microtransactions that were in the game and surmised that you could pay up to $40 for just one car was just unbelievably stupid. Right. Uh, whereas in GT Sport, it was $5. Um, wait, chat, can you let me know if we've frozen? Let me have a look quickly. It looks like we've frozen on my thing, but that doesn't mean that we have. Okay. Are we going? Nope, you guys seem good. Okay. We're still good. We're still good. It's still We're good. good. It's still good. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, anyway, so I'm going to go back to this, this story. So, um, yeah, like $5 for 
a car in GT Sports could now cost forty dollars in GT Seven, which is unbelievably ridiculous. That's so. But it's also the fact that whenever you unlock a car, or whenever you have enough money to like buy a car, or whenever you want a race, it will say you can buy more, you can get more credits and stuff like that. It's the constant prompt to get you to spend money on microtransactions. It's I just ridiculous for me. And we've had this problem so many times in the past before, and yet people don't well, learn. But I, I just don't understand. what What's the harm in just being consumer-friendly? You know, why predatory? Why is it... I know greed knows no bounds, but... 40 quid for a car in a game? That's... Stupid, honestly. It is ridiculous. We've got some good I, comments in chat. Yeah, I know. I'll get into those in mm -hmm. a minute. But I just want to surmise our thoughts first on this. So Yes. It's just weird to me. Like It's just very, very strange. I don't get like why they thought this was a good idea and why they thought people would actually go for it too. Uh, and, then, and then the fact that they're backing up the, their, their incredibly bad false economy that they've built in this game is sort of just unbelievably wrong. Very. Like, especially with the fact that, like, yeah, okay, like the PS4 version is... 50 quid. But, like, the PS5 version is 70 quid. That's or $70. Crazy. Or, God knows what else. Like, they've put the money up on on these retail prices. But, yeah, this is exactly what people were saying before. Oh, like, you, you have those staunch people who are like, oh, you've got to increase the price of games. They've not gone up in years and all of that. But I was, I was one of the very few people, and I think you were as well, that turned around and said, but record profits keep going up, too. Mm-hmm. This isn't. This is a business for them. We have to remember that, right? And if we don't like what's going on with it, then we pay with our wallets. Yeah, absolutely. We vote with a wallet. Yeah, and I and I did too. I was waiting to hear back from that person at work that said to see what they said and went. Okay, I might look at this when it goes down in price. No, I definitely will not be buying this now. Mm -mm. Absolutely not, because apparently even the gameplay is not that great. Yeah. I just. Hmm. We've just entered a, a weird time, I think, in in gaming. Yeah. While people try to figure out how they can make the most money off of people uh, yeah. while still, you know... I don't know. They just have to give more content for... If they're going to try to get, you know, blood from a turnip or whatever. I, I just... I don't know. I love... No, I didn't love Gran Turismo, but I did really like it um back yeah. in the day Me uh, too. i was more in need for speed but i enjoyed it um now i can't even like what's the enjoyment yeah you know uh, the last one that i really got into was a spec i think and then after uh -huh. that it was more whenever people had it i would play it uh, right them if i was around the house and stuff like that but no i, I haven't bought a GT game in years, like and this was gonna be the one that broke the mold because it looked good. Right. It just completely pooped the bed in terms of everything else. Especially it's always online mentality. That, I just oh. I don't enjoy the always the old DRM stuff anyway. And then when you add microtransactions to that, that just puts me off even far even faster. Yep. So got a couple of comments on this as well it said speaking uh brentford speaking of racing oh 
FM7? What's FM7? Forza Motorsport 7, so Okay. I was um, like Forza something. Yeah. So we learned uh, we learned our lesson from microtransactions from Forza years ago. Forza, Forza Motorsport 7 launched with loot boxes, but were completely removed due to player pushback, 100%. I forgot that even happened. Um, speaking of racing, Corvette, uh, Corvette was... Um, uh, was robbed robbed of a win Friday ended up second but did win the longer race on Saturday good that's good so uh, Brent also has come in and said I've always imagined a free to play World of Cars game like World of Tanks where you can start with bad cars from different countries mm-hmm. and race to gain XP mm-hmm. towards better cars and money to buy upgrades and own new unlocked cars would be a good idea would I'd be a good that. option however there is one big problem what it's the money. Money, money. Yeah, the money wouldn't be enough, really. Especially when it comes to licensing these cars. Oh, right. I forget about licensing. Yeah, that's a there big part go. of it. Like, mm-hmm. you're not going to... If you can't get those licenses up front, then you're going to have to try and work at them as the game gets more popular. And uh, that's if the game gets more popular. So maybe you would have, like, a, a smaller brand, like... A car developer out there who might start off and go, yeah, free publicity for this game. But mm-hmm. Nobody's really going to care about them when you don't have Ford, Aston Martin, um, Ferrari, and all that lot in there. Wasn't there a Ford Even... Yaris game? Do you mean a Toyota Yaris? I mean Toyota Yaris. I have no idea what cars, by the way. Like well, I said, well, that was gathered. My car is called a Mocha, if that tells you anything. But uh... oh, I know what you. I know what you drive. <laughs> Yes, um, but what was I saying? Oh yeah, there was a Toyota Yaris game on the 360. And it was probably bad. Uh, I can't remember. I know it was free. And yeah. there was also a Doritos game that was free. Doritos <laughs> Crash Course. I think that's it, yeah. I made two of them. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, I remember Doritos Crash Course because that was actually fun. Uh, is that the one that had like a Tyrannosaurus in it? I think so. Something. Mm. He also carried on by putting uh, then be supported by a premium battle pass subscription for increased XP and money gains and uh, maybe special cars that are already upgraded. Uh, he said gains, not games. So um, Yeah, if Forza could do it, they get new licenses for each game almost every year. But that's the problem, right? Forza's now an established uh, IP. Whereas any new vent new venture for free to play, uh, especially with the car industry, is going to struggle to get some of the licenses. Uh, they they struggle to get licenses with wrestling games at times, you know. It's so, so funny. Yeah. Anyway, I think we've had enough of that absolute hideous yep. nonsense. So I'm let's move on to a, a nice fluffy light news story to end this off. I like fluffy. Insiders describe Fast and Furious exits from Xbox Perfect Dark Studio. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, thanks for that, Pete. Yeah, right. (laughs) Now, see, this is the games industry we're talking about. Nothing is light and fluffy with this crap, that's for sure. Oh yeah, did you see people trying to come out for uh, Father Phil? They were trying to come after him, and I was like, "Stay away from him, you fools! (laughs) You fools! (laughs) Fools!" Yeah. Anyway, I will protect so, him. Look, 
I'm going to read this from Video Games Chronicle, VGC, uh, because they were the ones who actually done the expose into the initiative, so I just want to read this as much as possible because, my God, it is a journey. So <laughs> yeah. let's go on this journey together. It's kind of why we sort of rush through most of them, because this is the biggest story of the week. This is the biggie. Uh, we actually did have another story last week that we were going to cover if we recorded that had to do with the game's director leaving. But this was, that was only the, uh, the tip of the iceberg by the looks <sighs> of it. It's true. So, Xbox The Initiative, which uh, I'm just going to add this addendum in here because VGC definitely should have had this. Yes. The world's first quadruple A studio. Yes. If you remember that, I yes. love it. Tripe. Yes. <laughs> it, uh, yes. Because I was like, I know. what? We, we called it as nonsense mm -hmm. back then. Yep. Look at it. Look at it. Yeah. Look at what we look at what we predicted. It's true. I know. I don't know if we predicted absolute like mess. No. But we did, but we did say like that being bad. Yeah. That quadruple A was nothing. Yeah. Exactly. Nothing. So. Anyway. So. Uh, Xbox The Initiative Studio has seen a fast and furious wave of senior departures in the past 12 months, VGC has learned. As much as half of the core development team known to be working on the upcoming Perfect Dark reboot quit the company during the last year, or around 36 people, analysis of employee LinkedIn profiles has revealed. That includes most of the Initiative's senior design team, including game director Dan uh, Newberger. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, game director Drew Murray, lead level designer Chris O'Neill, principal world builder uh, Jolon Myers, or that's a weird name, and um, two senior system designers, a group of three former God of War designers, and more. And the turnover of top talent doesn't end in design. Perfect Dart's two most senior writers also recently quit and now his shows, along with the project's technical director. Tech art director, lead gameplay engineer, lead animator, QA lead, and more. Wow. So basically, let's just say that probably one person from each of the fields that's meant to be developing the game yeah. have all left. And in most most of them are senior positions. Yup. Oh dear. So, and this was coming off the back of them teaming up with, um, God, what was the name of that? Crystal Dynamics? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they teamed up with Crystal Dynamics because most of the people who formed the initiative were ex-Crystal Dynamics employees. Yep. Went and headhunted most of most of that studio to come in and work on this, and look what's happened now. Ooh, this isn't looking good. And this is annoying because, actually, I was really looking forward to this reboot of Perfect Dark. Oh, I was, for sure. Yeah. Need a strong female protagonist. Yeah. That, uh, that trailer had promise. Mm -hmm. yeah. But exactly what I told you at the time, and I hate to say I was right again. <laughs> no gameplay. Yeah. No. No gameplay is always nope. a telling mm -hmm. point when you're revealing a game early. And I mean that early. They should not have showed anything. Nope. They should have Very just. Very true. Uh, and I know they would have got absolute stick for it if they decided to go down the Metro Prime 4 route of just showing a GIF. <laughs> it could have worked. It could have just worked for them. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, let's move on. According to LinkedIn, the initiative now is now less than 50 people. When duplicates, former employees, and erroneous listings are removed, 
and currently has just three roles advertised on its website. Three? Only three? Yep. Analysis suggests it hired around 12 people in the past 12 months. 12 people! <laughs> My god. It's going and down. They've 30, and they've had 36 people leave in that time. Yep. It's going they down in a blaze of glory. Yeah, so they so they're they're retaining staff at a rate of one to three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hooray for ratioing. <laughs> ratio. Yeah, um, don't don't because most people on Twitter don't even know what an actual ratio is. No, they do not. No, and it really annoys me unless it's become a meme. I don't know. Anyway, let's no, it's move definitely on. a meme, but you know. Yeah, but most people still don't know what right. the ratio is. Anyway, you know nothing of the crunch. Anyway. <laughs> um, God, this story is so depressing. Ah, uh, well, um, I actually like what Chat's been saying, but uh, know... let's get let's get to it in a bit. Let's get to it. Okay. So I just want to read this story in full because okay, geez, Go this for is it. one of the only times I think we'll ever read a story in full because this is quite something. Go for it. So the timing of the departures coincides with the September 2021 uh, announcement that Crystal Dynamics had been signed to co-develop co Perfect Dark. He said, "Come on, VGC, keep up with my mind." <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking, obviously. Uh, this, combined with the with the few jobs roles currently advertised in the initiative, suggests that the Tomb Raider developer is likely taking a much stronger lead than the first than first thought on the project. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I said it. Mm -hmm. I'm sure I said it. Yeah. Um, I'm sure we we both had something to say quite heavily about that, saying that they were more likely to be the lead developers. Well, I think I said I didn't want them to be because I don't like Crystal Dynamics. No, I... I am the no, minority no, 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 here. No, no, no. I'm the minority here. Look, I've got nothing against the Tomb Raider games other than the actual look of the character. <laughs> I, but I, I've only played the first one. Uh, I played all three, hoping that kind of like when you watch the uh, the prequels, the Star Wars prequels, you kind of like hope that the third one's going to redeem it all, and in some ways it yeah. does. So I played all three, hoping can, that it would. Can can we not make that analogy? Because actually, the prequel series is now freaking high art compared to the sequel trilogy. Anal jeez. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> Um, yeah, I've got nothing against Crystal Dynamics. I, I think they got shafted with the Avengers by <laughs> making it a live service shafted. game. Yes, I know. Come on. Uh, yeah, they, they they got a rough deal. That's fishy. Yeah, I was waiting. Yes, I was waiting <laughs> for it. Right. Ah. Uh, Interviews with mul multiple former senior developers cited a lack of creative autonomy and slow development progress as the reasons for their departures, and described the wave of exits as fast and furious, with project momentum so said to be heavily affected. The initiative's management told um, VGC is confident in the team in the team that it has in place and the new talent joining appointed to industry-wide staffing challenges during the COVID-19 Oh, whatever. Pandemic. Oh, of course. Ugh. That's the excuse I'm going to use, too, for myself. 
It's the excuse I've used for the last two years. I've I've been terrible at my job because of a pandemic. Bamboozy had staffing problems because of a pandemic. One person. <laughs> One person. Uh, I did I did manage to get an intern. And I and, I know, I and they are a paid intern. I I want that stated. I don't do I peanuts. Mostly. No. No. I'm yeah, kidding. I'm exactly. Kidding. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I follow all the proper things. <laughs> So what, a roof over the head and then some peanuts? <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, they have to get me coffee constantly. Uh, <laughs> but... That's about right, yeah. Um, I hate to say that this was predictable, because I'm not going to say that it was predictable in the way that it turned out. But problems were predictable. Oh, they were obvious. It was always going to happen. I think like they they definitely revealed this game far too early. Yep. Like too much promise and probably put themselves under a, a strict time scale and just could not deliver. Over promising is going to be the death of video games if we are not careful in these next few years. It needs to take time on these things. Like, I know development back in like the older years like used to take less time. But that's because it was less memory to deal with and less well, less yeah, to deal with. simpler languages and and stuff like that. Yeah, also um, they didn't have coding language, voice voiceovers, right. you know, All that sort of thing to deal with. Right, exactly. There's so many different assets to the creation of the art well, art form now that they need to take their time because rushing these things is just isn't helping. And we've seen this with games in the past. Like if you rush things out, yeah, okay, you can patch them. It's already a bad impression that people you know, have gotten from it. So, like, look at Cyberpunk 2077. Uh-huh. It came out in a bad state. Yeah, okay, the new, the next generation patch came out and people gave it a chance. I didn't. I got burned twice over for that, uh-huh. so I'm not going back to it. So, sorry, CD Projekt Red, I won't play any one of your games ever again. That was the first, first time and the last. So, that's the problem. Like, these people just don't consider... Like, what it's like to have an actual proper game, like, fully completed game on the market anymore. Yep, and, um, um, COD, COD's new position is what, that... The, skipping the year. Yep. I yeah, think exactly. that should become the industry norm, is what I Why think. Why should it have to become the industry norm? It should just be the standards. Well, it should be, but it hasn't been for a while, so now... For a long, long, long time, because once again, this is the greed coming in. Mm-hmm. We said this before, like, in the previous story, it's the greed coming in. Yep. It you really know, people, is. The people at the very top are not going to get their money, so they, they cut projects too short. And yet... The creative promise could be there, and yet they leave projects like Overwatch 2 open for too long. Mm-hmm. Hey, probably background, you know. Yay! <laughs> anyway, let's move, let's keep going. So, uh, right, it's no source, it's no small task to build a studio and reinvent a beloved franchise. Well, no surprise there, and probably shouldn't. Have. Uh, studio head Daryl Gallagher has told VGC, in creating the initiative, we. We set out to leverage co-development partnerships. Uh, let's be let's be frank here, right? And let's be honest. This isn't rare. This isn't new. Ha uh-huh. Very funny. <laughs> you, you picked up on that, didn't I you? I did. I Good. did. Good. Good. Uh, it isn't 
unusual for people to form partnerships in terms of development. We've said this plenty of times before. They just don't get advertised like they did with this one. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I just wanted to put that out there. So we set out to leverage co-development partnerships to achieve our ambitions. And we're really excited about the progress we're seeing with our relationship with Crystal Dynamics. Are you really, though? <laughs> Considering the spate of people leaving, clearly you're not. Right. Uh, in this journey, it's not uncommon for there to be staffing chat. No, that's not true. Um, especially during a time of global upheaval over the past two years. Keep blaming the pandemic. There are plenty of people out there who want jobs and will gladly get work. But no. Anyway, and there's plenty more work in front of us to deliver a fantastic, perfect dark experience to our players. Well, if you do better than Rare, oh. then you've done a good job. Yeah. If, yeah, if you do better than Perfect Dog Zero, then you've done a good job. There you go. Just, that's not a standard. Don't, yeah, that's <laughs> I mean. Just don't aim, don't aim for the moon. Just aim for something <sighs> better than the last piece of crap. So, um, we wish all our former colleagues the very best, and I'm confident in the team that we have in place, the new talent joining, and we can't wait to share more with the fans. Give it another two years, we'll probably see something. Um in the games industry, competition for experienced talent is an all-time high following the pandemic field gaming, but no, it's not. Don't even give me that. Uh, an unhappy initiative staff w would likely have had plenty of alternative employment opportunities in a large number, uh, number of neighboring studios in California. Yeah. Uh, across the industry, many studios are currently facing a talent crisis. Stop saying there's a talent crisis just because somebody leaves. Doesn't mean there's a crisis. Pay them more. Pay a livable wage and you'll have that, all the talent in the world. But that, that's the problem, though, is they want to say that it's a, a freaking talent crisis, but actually it's a business problem. Yes. They're not paying a fair wage, especially to QA, so... Oh, my get, gosh, yeah. QAs usually make um, minimum wage at best. If that. If, well, they have to, but... Under that, but well, yeah. based on what it was like at Team 17 recently in that story mm, we did a few weeks ago, it's right. actually less. So, right. you know, point. it's not always the case. Good so, point. Um, facing a talent crisis with a sheer level of expansion investment in the sector, making it challenging for even the bigger studios to retain and attract senior staff. No, you're not looking at the bottom line. You're looking at your profits being too high and your, your, your employee retention being too low. Maybe there's a correlation between the two. It doesn't take a complete genius to work that one out. Just someone with more than two brain cells. A half-wit. Yeah, exactly. The former initiative developers VGC spoke to attributed the wave of departures to frustration among senior staff or senior talent over the direction of the project set down by Gallagher and game direction Daniel Newberger, who himself left the company last week. Brilliant. <laughs> So he put it in he the director put in place the direction they wanted to go and then left when yep. it was going in that direction. Well, clearly something else happened higher up. I'm sure. Yeah. Although the initiative's website claims that the company promotes a collaborative creative environment, that's a red flag already. Uh, um, Brent brings that up. Actually, he has a good. Yeah, comment I'm gonna on get. That. Uh, mm -hmm. I know there's comments. I'm gonna get to them. Don't worry. Don't worry. So, employees describe the studio's development hierarchy as very top-down. What a surprise! Uh, with Gallagher <laughs> yes. and Newberger keeping a strong grasp on creative decision. What a surprise. According to the former employees, many senior team members were frustrated by the perceived lack of autonomy 
and didn't feel heard on key issues such as development priorities, project planning, and team stuff. Wow. Wow, a, high, a big company not listening from the very top about the problems that happened in the actual trenches? Oh, <laughs> my God. It's true. Gallagher and Newberger, who were previous, previously studio heads and game director at Create, uh, Crystal Dynamics, wanted to make games the way they always had, with top-down direction, the sources said, while many initiative employees were expecting a more bottom-up approach. <laughs> That's what she said. Only do everybody think that they're always going to go into a company and make a difference. They aren't. They aren't. If, Your code if, might be there, but I don't care. Head down, ass up. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just, like, I've lost it now. This is just, <laughs> this is now just annoying to read. Ah, uh, like, yes. Because it's just, it's, like, it's so obvious to the lay person how you fix this. But yet they're not willing to do it. They're out of touch. Sorry. They're out of touch and out yeah, of time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So these two, like Gallagher and Newberger, clearly have come in and gone, yeah, we're creating this uh, this studio here so that we can have creative control over every aspect of it and don't care about what the employees are wanting to do about it. Yet they were once in that position themselves and hated it and left Crystal Dynamics to, to do this. And yet they've forgotten everything that led them to this point. So yep. uh, according to those two, uh, you know, Newberger might have left. But screw you anyway, because this is not a way to run a company. Yeah, I agree. And I know this is rich coming from me, a non-business owner, a company owner. We've got a company owner sitting right here talking well, about this. It's funny that you say that because I actually uh, was thinking about just because my future plans of my business. Uh, and I was thinking about how hands off I am as a uh, CEO. I believe that anyone that's under me, haha, uh, that's, that's what he said, too. <laughs> um, has like they have a brain, and I don't. I guess what I'm saying is I'm so strongly opposed to micromanaging mm -hmm. that I I let a lot of people, you know my clients as well as you know like i said my intern um and future interns uh or future workers rather uh they have minds of their own they have full autonomy now i mean yeah, yeah if they make a mistake and i lose money i'm going to call them up on it you know and oh, talk course, to them about yeah, it but, but there that but that doesn't take away accountability right yeah like the accountability has to be there but like uh my intern they design for their own clients mm -hmm. and i don't have any oversight over like i don't want oversight over that no, of course not. now i mean if something happens and they don't deliver on time and then the client's complaining to my company yes that's when i step in and go i am so sorry and then i would give that's a bit different yeah that is very very different exactly uh but over overall as long as people are producing for me and it's getting done, and clients are happy, and there is money being made, and everyone's fairly paid. I don't care. I literally yeah. do not care. I just do not care. Um, that's the way it should be, to be mm -hmm. honest. You know, so long yeah. as, you know, so long as the people are kept happy, mm -hmm. like customers and employees. High quality products really going out. Have. Yeah, exactly. You know. I'm, you're making sure a high quality 
product goes out. Uh, yeah, because you don't want to lose reputation with that. Like, exactly. But that's the that's the same thing for for games. You know, a game studio they need to make sure a high quality game goes out. Um, now, how you get there is entirely up to your technique. You know, your yeah. style. For me, it's very hands off. You know. It's like what we were saying earlier, like how with the Batman, like we both came to the same sort of conclusion mm -hmm. but went on different paths. Like yeah. that's the way it could be done, like elsewhere. Mm -hmm. You could have a similar sort of end goal, but that doesn't necessarily mean that each studio is gonna run exactly right. the same. Exactly. But it seems like every studio is now running exactly the same, where it's mm -hmm. short turnover time, like treating talent like absolute garbage mm -hmm. and then wondering why players aren't return like why players aren't playing their game because the quality is bad mm -hmm. and then are completely yeeting studios off as a result of it. But actually, it's the mismanagement at the very, very top that's causing this problem. Well, I mean, and also it's very similar to like, and then I'll stop talking about this because it's boring. <laughs> but um, no, We're going to carry on with the last bit of the article anyway, and then we'll get to the chat. So, But it's very much like nowadays how... You've got part of the population complaining that people don't want to return to in-office work. Uh, yeah. And the other part of the population complaining that uh, people don't want to, or people do want to work from home. You've got the two sides. And each side doesn't understand that working from home and going to the office are going to, uh, they, they, they affect people differently uh, I, I would admit that both ways of working aren't wrong both aren't right right that's exactly but it's both, but both can be very collaborative and actually be still achieve the same end goal i think that they suit the individual you know it depends on the individual and yeah, i think and that I think... that's the approach that a lot of businesses in all uh, you know areas not just games and in other creatives but business seems to be seeing their workers as this monolithic you know, set of people, but they're not, they're individuals. And some individuals are going to thrive working from home and some are going to thrive working from the office. And which is that going? No, I'm just saying that that yeah, you need yeah, to yeah. take that into account. No, well, that was my point is that you need to stop seeing your workforce as a monolith. It's individuals. You know. Yeah. I think that's kind of what my uh, company I work for is starting to do, which is why we've got the approach of actually, you do however many days you want in an office. We would like, if you're in customer-facing team, we would like to mm -hmm. have you back in an office, but that might only be one day a week or one day a month. That's right. fine. So that's much better than what it was before, where it was like, right, you can't do it from home at all. Mm -hmm. You know, five days in an office, whether you like it or not, and that's that. Yeah. They understood that with what's happened over the last two years, they now need to adapt to the situation a lot better than they ever have done. Well, I mean, it was like when I was working for a company uh, back in Texas, I was a web developer. I was their only web developer. Mm -hmm. um, I should say like web software developer. We had a front end person that kept the CMS. Um, so you were basically back end. I was, yes, that's the back yeah. end. That's what she said. Um, but uh, I got sick during that time uh, with my autoimmune disease. So I found out that Sometimes I couldn't, I could still work, but I, I could, you know, if I could do it from home, my manager at the time, he was like, like, I see that you're putting out better and more work when you're working from home, but I don't feel right 
about you working from home. I feel like you should be in the office where I was producing less work. You see? So there's a lot of these ideas in this top-down uh, system of management that are just outright, they're outdated and they're just, they're held beliefs, you know, whereas my manager believed, even though I proved that I was putting out more work and better quality work from home, he still was like, mm, I don't feel comfortable about this. I, I think you should be in the office every day. That's crap. Yeah. So I think that's kind of what, very similar to this, in that the whole top-down structure, it's, it's just not a modern solution. Yeah. Is really what it is. I don't think, really don't think it is, but hey. But yes, I'll be start being boring now. It's fine. So <laughs> I'm just going to read these last points anyway. So uh, it says, as a result, it's claimed that development has progressed painfully, slowly. And a solid uh -huh. co company culture never formed. Yeah. All former employees VGC spoke to said they were surprised at how lenient Microsoft had been over the lack of progress. I'm not. No, I'm not at I'm either. Really I'm not, not either. Yeah. I, you can see that in their other things. They're just like, it's, it's kind get of it, my approach. Hands get off. It get it, it done. done. Yeah, exactly. We'll give you the money. Just, just do yes. it. You know? You know, there, there, there's a big difference between Sony turning around and saying, right, uh, Insomniac, you need free games on launch for us. Right. And Microsoft going, yeah, it's done when it's done. Look at look at Forza Motorsport for Christ's sake. So, like, we've seen that game. That was supposed to be like a possibly a launch title. Mm -hmm. They showed it very very early on, and yet where the hell is it? Right. Because big big Phil is sitting there going, nah. Workplace culture is so needs to be so much better. Yeah. Right, we we don't want to rush people and screw them over and do all of that. We want to actually create a product that is good. Exactly. And not ruin our workforce. So hands off, Father Phil, or I'll come for you and your nightmares. <laughs> One person said making games is hard enough, let alone when you feel like you can't get through to people making the decisions that affect anyone. That affect everyone, sorry. The coach the culture issue was partly behind the decision to bring on board Crystal Dynamics. It's claims with Gallagher and Newberger, allegedly hoping that production would move more smoothly with the introduction of the second team familiar with their methods. Of course they thought that would happen. Crystal Dynamics' introduction is now likely to plug the gaps left by the initiative staff turnover. BGC sources agreed that they would... They would be surprised if Crystal Dynamics' introduction, combined with a significant departure of core staff, hasn't triggered an effective soft reboot of Perfect Dark, and that it was still likely uh, it was likely still years away from release. It's understood that Xbox leadership team are prepared to be patient with their new first party t uh, their new first party teams, which includes those currently working on Playgrounds Fables and Rares Everwild, as they prioritise assembling groups uh, capable of producing the kinds of critically acclaimed prestige projects that come from PlayStation Studios like Naughty Dog and Insomniac. Uh, they then actually have a list of um, people that have have been a part of um, the initiative and they've put a strike through the name of people who have obviously left. And oh, that dear. list is ridiculous. So, to, and, and to see where half of these people have once come from as well is even more baffling too. So yeah. Can I run through this with you? Because this is just astonishing. Okay. So, 
You've got Daryl Gallagher, the studio head, obviously was described in the article, who originally came from Activision Square Enix. We've had Lindsay um, McQueenie, who's a HR manager who's worked at Google. Um, Dixon Lee is director of finance operations. Who the frick knows where he once worked before? <laughs> Daniel Newberger was once involved at Crystal Dynamics. Uh, Drew Murray, design director, was worked at Sun on Sunset Overdrive. Jesus. <laughs> um, someone, uh, cinematics director, was working on Red Dead Redemption. Uh, associate design director was on God of War and Metal Gear Online. My goodness, UI UX lead from Horizon, like Forza Horizon. Um, senior systems designer from Motive and Naughty Dog. Um, another uh, assistant designer from uh, both ID and from, we worked on Jedi Fallen Order. My goodness. And a couple from, uh, someone from Coalition, from Infinity Ward, from Sony Santa Monica, Crystal Dynamics, Insomniac, Daybreak, someone from Xbox. We had a writer who was a narrative lead, Christine Thompson, who worked on De Destiny 2, who's now left, probably to go back. <laughs> probably. We've worked from Riot, Respawn, EA, Naughty Dog, Cryptic. Jesus, this list is just incredible. And Sledgehammer, they've managed to cruise some incredible talent here. I haven't retained nearly none of them. And it's quite yeah. astonishing, really. You know, some Bioware, you know, Bend. Jesus. It's depressing. Yeah. Depressing. So, and that's the end of the article. So, uh, let's go. Where did we go before? So, uh, now to put what? What? Oh, God. Yeah, so. Uh, Brent's then put, I think this is a Bioshock Atlas Shrugged uh, situation. You hired the best and brightest developers and forced them to work together under a rotten roof, butting heads constantly. It was doomed for failure. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. It's Reasonable. A, a valid uh, stance. Yeah, it's, it's also, they also stated probably why they basically outsourced development to Crystal Dynamics. Yep. Also that, and I think Square Enix are looking for someone to take them away from them. Uh, um, and Nana then put, and probably enthusiastically saying, this game is never coming out. <laughs> and I might have to agree. I have to agree. Or it's it's going to be... It's not going to be good. Yeah. Brent's put, doesn't bode well for a Banjo reboot. Yeah. There's no such thing as a Banjo reboot. So I think we should get that out of our heads now. <laughs> Um, Nana put also just confirms that they may shut down every studio that isn't Activision. Is the strike still going on? Uh, no, it's not. And Bethesda. No, because technically, like they're buying Activision Blizzard and Bethes and they bought Bethesda for the publishing as well, not just the the development studios. Um. Brent put no Microsoft won't do that. They need their pillar stu uh, their pillar studios. Turn ten playground coalition three four three. Things ain't looking good for three four three right now though. Uh -uh. Again, um, I could see the initiative being shut after this and transferring complete development to Crystal Dynamics. However, nah, don't see that happening. Microsoft have already ploughed in a bit too much money with them. That's what she said. It I know. 
Um, Brent's then put, yep, first impressions are everything. What about those sports games? Are they just going to update the rosters each year and sell it as DLC? I hope so. Probably what they should have done years ago. Um, I guess there's still time to right the ship if they put it in the right hands. Doesn't sound like it's going to stay in the right hands, unfortunately. Anyway. Uh, I think it will work better to put someone in charge and let them choose the team that works under them, which seems to be how 343 was created. Mm. Well, I'm going to be honest here. I'm going to say something that might be a little bit controversial. And I know she was very heavily involved in the original development of Halo. Mm -hmm. But Bonnie Ross isn't a good thing for Halo. She is not. She's not steered that ship very well. Yeah, that ship's gone in about five different directions. That's my problem. There is yeah. no direction to the ship. Like, it's tried too hard to be other games, and it's forgotten what Halo really is. Right. It's a game made 20 years ago. And that's how it should stay. I'm so old. <laughs> Sorry? I'm so old. I know. Me too. Me too. Uh, social norms are hard to break. Microsoft has gotten so big that there's a constant supply of new first-party games regardless mm -hmm. of strict guidelines. Not to mention Game Pass filling the gaps. He's then put a reboot of the reboot. A re-reboot. Or a rare yeah. boot. No. <laughs> uh, as I said earlier, just like Microsoft... Uh, sorry, just like uh, Bioshock... Uh, oh, Atlas Shrugged. But that's the end of the comments. Yay! I mean, so not got... yay, but like, yay! No, have we got anything further to add to this, or do you think there's it? Uh, it said <gasps> me three just heard Oblivion in 16. Oblivion 16? Weren't we like 16 when it came out, Pete? <laughs> sure felt like we were. No, no, we were 18 when it came out. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Like, a whole nother human could have grown up during that time. They did. Mm. Someone was born. Oh, I don't like that. release. <laughs> it's terrible. And is, now, and is now old enough to go uh, on To get a driver's license in America. Oh, or buy a lottery ticket here. Oh, my gosh. I was going to say a pack of cigarettes. Oh, yeah. That's, that's how it used to be. That's why 16 oh. was awesome when I grew up. Oh, my gosh. No, not where I was. It was still 18. Uh, I know. I got yeah. caught smoking on my school campus. <laughs> He's just put that person as Kieran. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Brilliant. No. Kieran is an adult. Yes. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say about that. I think, I think on that note, I think we should end the show. All That's right. That is a very good, good final note. Um, yeah. But uh, oh, this was a quick, a quickie. Another one of our news quickies. Um, yes. Um, first, I'm going to ask Pete to tell us where we, we can find him, and then I'm going to say a little, just a little personal update. Yeah, Pete. you crack on, you crack on. So. But Pete, where can uh, we you, find you? You can find me on the interwebs in the usual, usual places, which would be at Pete Becky One on Twitter. Uh, B E C K E W T and the number one. And also, you can hear my dreary voice on the <laughs> Never Watchers podcast. Whatever. Talking Marvel in the cinematic universe and all of that 
shebang. Got a new episode coming this week, potentially, so keep an eye on the thread for that. Uh, there are at Neverwatchers on Twitter as well. Yes, that sounds good. So, Kylie, the floor is yours. Grab that soapbox and <laughs> shout loudly into the microphone. Don't literally <laughs> shout, because that will blow my ears. Yeah, that's what she said. Um... Oh, very funny. Um, I'm not giving a, uh, Twitter address for a reason. Um, and this isn't one of those, I'm leaving Twitter, so you can all kiss my butt or whatever, you know, the over dramatic. I am leaving Twitter. Um, (laughs) it may be temporary. I don't know. I can't honestly say. Uh, I'm going through some personal stuff. I'll, I'll, I'll shine a little light on it. Um, I'm Pete knows I'm extremely private, believe it or not. Um, I'm extraordinarily private person. But you, you say that whilst posting selfies on Twitter. That's that's what I'm saying. Like I have this illusion that I'm like just oh freewheeling and everyone knows everything about me, but I'm actually in real life extremely private. Um Yeah, I mean I I have only just recently after nearly three years like found out when your birthday is. Yeah, and I don't even think you actually know. Um, I know, I know a rough, yeah, vague area. Exactly. That's about it. Yep. Um, but no. So a couple weeks ago, went to doctor routine checkup. Uh, they found I've got some kind of weird thing going on behind my eye that is. I keep calling it a brain tumor. It's really more like an eye tumor that's pressing against my brain. Um, so I. Um, I have to get it. I don't know the right words. Um, assessed. Thank you, Pete. <laughs> I have to get it assessed. Uh, unfortunately, with the COVID stuff, that's taking extra long time. And even though I have yes, even though I have tons of money and also private American insurance, I still can't get seen. Although I may have found a place over in Glasgow, but. Oh, well, now you've just mentioned it. I just said you oh. do it on your own shores. Uh, I, I'm trying to avoid going back there if possible. Um, no, I, I did I did mean, like, Northern Ireland. Oh, right. Yeah, no, there's just nothing available. There's just nothing. Yeah, just uh, tried Dublin, tried everything. So that means I'm either going to be nervous as heck for the next few months until I can get an NHS appointment or... You know, until I can get assessed. And the thing is, it may be nothing. I mean, there's something there, but it could be a minor thing. You uh, could be overthinking it. Well, I'm definitely overthinking because that's all I do. But No surprises. Uh, it has put me in kind of this uh, introspection uh, mm. phase. And I just feel like I'm way too negative on social media right now. And I'm bringing everybody down. Uh, so I'm taking a break. I don't know that it's forever. It might be. I don't know. I really don't know. Um, but that's where that is. <laughs> Fine. Sometimes you've got to cleanse yourself. Uh, and, um... Get into this. Don't worry. There's something so funny in chat. Yeah, I see that. Um, mm. Brent, that's disturbing. <laughs> yeah, just so you know, Brent, Brent put, nobody knows my birthday, not even my mother. <laughs> Um, I think we might have a small logistical problem with that one. 
but hey, uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying anything more than that. Yeah, but I'll say it to you off air. Oh goodness. Um, but anyway, but that does kind of sound like I ended this on a negative note, and I don't want to do that. So it's actually, you know, it's all good in the hood, and we ended this laughing. Well, I wasn't laughing, but talking about how Kieran was born 16 years ago, and that was funny. Kieran was not born 16 years ago. He is an adult man. Thank you but very much. <laughs> only only five years. I don't want to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's all I'm saying on the matter. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Mm. Uh, anyway, thank you very much for our listeners and our uh, watchers who joined us over on Twitch.tv forward slash Rapid Reviews. Um, they always join in all the fun. Um, and I think that's gonna do it for us, Pete. So yeah, I think so. We we'll have a little bit of a yeah to and fro at the end and that's that uh so we will oh gosh i've actually forgotten my last line that's not the tumor um, <laughs> oh and also people must know pete already knows this i have a horribly dark dark sense of humor so if you hear me make jokes it's okay it's okay <laughs> so you could say it's very tumorous oh gosh pete <laughs> Anyway, we will see you and talk to you. There you go. Next week. <laughs> Bye. God. Thanks for listening. Please check us out on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please follow us on social media at Rapid Reviews UK or the podcast-specific Twitter at RR Radio Pod. Please follow us on Twitch at Rapid Reviews. The music is made by Johnny Atmer. Please check out Gametal on YouTube. And for everything else, please visit www.rapidreviewsuk for all the latest reviews.